Well, good evening. Thank you for returning this evening, and I hope that our study is helpful to you. This morning, uh, we talked about work. Tonight, we're going to talk about not working. So we're going to cover the whole topic today. wanted to make sure we gave you a balanced account of what the Bible says. Uh, so tonight, we're going to talk about observing the Sabbath, what I entitled it, and I enter this lesson knowing that probably very few people in here have any concern at all about the Sabbath. Uh, doesn't enter your head. You don't claim to keep the Sabbath. You don't pay much attention to it. Uh, no day of the week is much more special to you except Sunday perhaps because you come to worship, but the Sabbath doesn't enter into our lives too much. There are some folks in the world that pay a lot of attention to the Sabbath and worry about it a whole lot. Uh, We've been on TV for 31 years taking questions from people out in the general public, and I don't have perfect records. Uh, We never calculated it that way or kept track of who asked what, how many times, but my guess is that if we did have perfect records of every question we've ever got, uh, near the top, if not the top, a question in many different forms about Sabbath-keeping would be pretty high up. My theory on that is Sabbatarians don't have anything else to do on Sunday, so they call the program. Uh, may not be true or not, but that's maybe where they all come from. And we get a lot of questions. Uh, I'm sure every week we get a few uh, about Sabbath keeping and worshiping on Saturday instead of Sunday and uh, they ask it in every different way you can think of. Uh, they keep thinking of new ways to ask it, uh, and they're pretty adamant about it. Uh, some of the questions and letters and emails and things we get about it a little bit hostile. Uh, I wrote some about one of them in the bulletin a few weeks ago because I just finished replying to it, but uh, we answered some question on the air about Sabbath keeping and how you don't have to worship on Saturday anymore and Christians worship on Sunday. And uh, I started getting emails from one particular person. And it's one thing about emails, you can't really tell who they come from or where they come from. So people say all sorts of things. But anyhow, the emails started coming and uh, pretty, well, kind of hateful, let's call it that. Uh, about how wrong we were and how we were leading people astray and uh, how we were liars and how we weren't the true church and uh, how we would pretty assuredly burn in hell uh, because we were teaching people to worship on the wrong day of the week. And I'm, when I say emails, they kept coming. I think we finally got up to about seven. And they were a little bit different, but pretty much the same message over and over again. Uh, And the first one or two I kind of responded to kindly and uh, gave the person a few verses to think about and 
just thought maybe I'd get them to think. I didn't really have much hope that I would, but thought I'd try it. And the letters kept coming and seemed to get a little more more hostile. So finally, after about seven of them, uh, I sent a return email and said, I got the message. Okay? You, you got it across. You, you've told me seven different ways that we're liars, we're not the true church, we're going to hell. I got it. Uh, why don't you just count us a lost cause and open up our inbox for people that have real questions? I didn't think that was too rude or too harsh, and I hoped it would stop the hostile emails. I did get one more from the person, and I kind of liked it, actually. It said, well, it takes courage to admit you're wrong. (laughs) At least you have courage. (laughs) But they've stopped since then, so... um, (laughs) And I tell you that long story just to tell you that there's a lot of folks out there that really worry, uh, are really concerned about keeping the Sabbath in some way. Worshiping on Saturday mainly is what they're concerned about. It's not really Sabbath keeping. It's seventh-day worship is what they really worry about. Uh, They've been taught that. Uh, They've been told that from birth, I guess, that this is the test. Uh, This is tells whether you're a true follower of God or not, whether you worship on the right day. And so they've been told that and taught that, and you can tell the same arguments uh, come over and over, and it doesn't matter much what we say, they they keep coming back with the same thing. So anyhow, with that out there, and knowing that some of you are going to run into some of those people sometime that might ask you why you worship on the wrong day, uh, I thought we'd just spend a little time tonight talking about what Sabbath is and uh, see if we can learn a little bit about it. Uh, the law to keep the Sabbath is a very unique commandment. Uh, it's different than all the rest. Uh, if you list the Ten Commandments, you go to Exodus 20 and look, all the rest of them have got four or five words. You know, they say, don't kill people. You know, don't steal. Don't covet. That's about it. Uh, the one about the Sabbath has over a hundred words. It goes on for a few verses, and it starts out and says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, Uh, but then it gives some rules for how to do that. So it's unique in that way. It's got a lot more information than all the other commandments, and we'll go read it in just a moment. Uh, The other thing that's unique about it, and God doesn't explain this as part of the problem, but... In Genesis 2, verse 3, in fact, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. You might want to note that passage. Genesis 2, 3, it's telling about the creation. And it says in verse 3, well, verse 2, let's read that, that he rested. He made the heavens and the earth and everything on them and all that. And then he rested on the seventh day. And then verse 3 says this, So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, 
because on it God had rested from all his work that he had done in creation. It just says he made it holy. And then it doesn't say anything more about the seventh day for a long time. It doesn't say anything about it in Adam's life, anybody else's life, until we finally get to the Ten Commandments. Actually, until we get to the manna coming down. Now, some Sabbatarians will point to that verse as the reason that we ought to keep the seventh day holy, because God made it holy. Well, the problem is there's a big disconnect between whatever he did there to make it holy and what Moses commanded the people later. Uh, When we get to Exodus 16, I believe it is, where the manna came down, uh, just out of nowhere, it isn't mentioned until there. And all the other patriarchs and all the other things going on, until you get to Exodus 16 and Moses is telling them about how to gather the manna and all that. And he says, on the seventh day, you don't gather manna because it's a special day. That's the first time we find out anything about it. When the Ten Commandments come around in Exodus 20, and we'll go there and to read uh, the full commandment here in just a second. But in Exodus 20, uh, Moses is given the Ten Commandments. And in verse 8 is where he starts the, the Sabbath. So let's just read through it and see what we learn from the command itself. And then we'll try to understand what it's about. All right, verse 8 of Exodus chapter 20. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. By the way, the verse 8 there is the commandment. That's all the commandment. The rest of it is explanation. And it says, Six days you shall do labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. Okay. Now, that. I think I forgot to explain. The word Sabbath doesn't mean a special day. It just means a rest, a pause, a cessation of something. So take a Sabbath is just take a rest. Uh, when you take a coffee break, you're taking a Sabbath in Hebrew. You're taking a break. You're, you're stopping for a little while. So what he says there is, remember the Sabbath, the rest day, keep it holy, and six days you do all your work, and then on the seventh day, it's a rest day. So you stop, you don't work. And he gives some more details about that. He says, on it, you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. Everybody stops. Stop and take a rest. Okay? Now, sometimes we skip over this part. If you look at it, it's got both sides covered. The part we talked about this morning and the part we're talking about tonight. It says you got six days to do your labor, seventh day your rest. That's the balance. 
That's what God recommended, commanded for the Hebrews to do, is get this balance. Work's required, you got to do that, but do it in six days. Seventh day, you rest. Take a rest day. Okay, so there's a balance of that. Then he says, everybody take a rest. And nobody's working on that day. Uh, and he, he enforces that with the list of everybody that might be in the country. Uh, today, some people get around Sabbath keeping a little bit. Orthodox Jews that keep the Sabbath sometimes hire a Gentile to do things for them on the Sabbath. Uh, a Sabbath Gentile is what they call them, and they pay them to do some things for them. Well, read this. It says nobody's supposed to be working. Uh, can't get around it that way. Uh, and then the last thing in this 105-word commandment is he tells us why God commanded this. Verse 11, for, because, for in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. All right? He goes back to the precedent. He goes back to the creation. That's where this came from, is God rested and he made the seventh day special. So the Hebrews were to keep that day holy. Now, uh, we hear all those arguments and get them in every form of question you can get. Uh, when you get to the New Testament, however, it's a different story. It doesn't tell us to keep the Sabbath, and everybody in here knows that, I think. Everybody knows that's the one commandment that's not repeated in the New Testament. Uh, that's not why we don't keep the Sabbath day holy and worship on Sabbath. Uh, it's because things changed. And a lot of the New Testament is written to explain that. People that were raised following the Sabbath had a problem with that. And Paul wrote a lot and taught a lot, and the others did too, that, no, it's, it's different now. The clearest is in Colossians chapter 2 and we don't read it every time we get a question about the Sabbath, but we usually get around to it every other time or so. Uh, Colossians chapter 2, if you want to mark the, the key verse that talks about it, because the Colossians were being told they had to keep some of the old law. And in chapter 2 and verse uh, 14, I think, it uh, starts before that, but verse 14 says he canceled, Jesus on the cross, canceled the record of death that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. It disarmed the rulers and authorities, put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in question of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. Those are shadows of the things to come. The substance belongs to Christ. So a lot of Paul's argument is with people that make this Sabbatarian argument that we hear today. And he says, no, Jesus took that law out of commission. He nailed it to the cross. Therefore, don't let anybody judge you about these things. It's not a command anymore. You don't have to do it anymore. So we understand that, that 
was instituted there on Sinai, and it was taken out of effect on on Calvary. Uh, Some people have a confused terminology, and I'll just mention that briefly. They talk about Sunday being the Christian Sabbath. Uh, That's not Bible. Some people talk that way, but it's not Bible. Uh, in the New Testament, we do read that people met on the first day of the week, and history tells us that's what they started doing, is meeting on the resurrection day, so that's what we do. Okay. Now, all of that, I imagine most of you know. What's a Sabbath about, though? Has it got anything to do with us? God made it holy somehow. So has it got anything to do with us? So let's see if we can work through that in the few minutes that we got left here and give us something to think about this week. Uh, the biggest clue, I think, about the Sabbath is in Mark chapter 2 and verse 27. I don't need to turn over if you want a very short little passage, but we'll get there in a moment. And to understand, to put that in context, you got to understand what had happened by the time Jesus came along. The Pharisees, the scribes, the lawyers uh, had taken all of the commandments for that matter, but especially the Sabbath one, and made it a whole, whole, whole lot more complicated than it was supposed to be. Uh, in Exodus 20, we read it pretty quick. You know, get your work done in six days, don't work on the seventh. That's not real complicated. Until <laughs> you start trying to define what work is. And that's what the scribes and Pharisees and the lawyers and all that bunch tried to do. They said, no, we got to be careful. Somebody's liable to slip in some work. Or they might work accidentally, so we got to make some rules, extra rules. And they started drawing fences, is what they called them, around the original commandment to keep people from ever having a chance to break the commandment. And the fences got further and further out. And so by the time Jesus came along uh, in the Mishnah, which is the oral tradition that the scribes and all of them had, uh, that was written down by the second century. Uh, by the time it came along and Jesus got here, as I read in some uh, source, there were 39 specific prohibitions against things you couldn't do on the Sabbath. And within those 39 things, there were 1,521 specific things that you couldn't do on the Sabbath. Now, you might think, I'd have trouble thinking of 1,500 things that you could call work. Well, that's what they did. They sat around and worried about that and tried to imagine, well, what if this and what if that? So they came up with rules about, for instance, one of the prohibitions was you can't carry anything. Carrying something is working on the Sabbath, so you can't carry anything. Well, then you've got to ask, what can you not carry? So they got more and more details. And so if a guy had a wooden leg, was he carrying something or not? That's in the Mishnah. Uh, A scribe that goes home from work, can he carry a pen with him? Can he carry his pen with him? Or is that carrying something? 
Since it's used in his work, he might work. So do we prohibit that or not? Can a tailor carry needles home with him? Or do we call that carrying something? And all you guys are looking at me like, you got to be kidding. No, that's, that's where they've got. Okay? So Jesus comes along into this, and that's what he's got to deal with. And so one day in this story in Mark chapter 2, he goes out and he and his buddies were walking past a field and they were hungry, so they picked a little grain and ate it. And the Pharisees went bonkers. They said, that's breaking the Sabbath. You can't harvest grain on the Sabbath. Now, Jesus' answer to that explains a whole lot about the Sabbath. In fact, it makes it really clear. Jesus answered to them. First, he told them about David eating the showbread when he was hungry. But then he said this. He said, the Sabbath was made for man. Not man for the Sabbath. And that's what they had done. They had turned the Sabbath into something that made life miserable for people. You had to adjust to all their rules about the Sabbath. and you, I mean, I can't imagine how bad it would have been to go out on Saturday back then with the Pharisees watching. Because you didn't know what you could do. And Jesus said, you got it all wrong. He said, the Sabbath was made for man. Okay, there's the biggest clue we got. That that tells us something about it. The point of the commandment in Exodus 20 is get your work done in six days, then take a rest. That isn't hard. You need some time off. Stop. That's what Sabbath means. Stop, cease, take a pause, slow down for a little while. And Jesus explains, that's what the Sabbath is about. It was made for man. It was made for our good. It was made to make us happier and healthier. And all. That. It's not about what day you worship on. Yes, the Jews worshipped on that day, but that wasn't what keeping it holy was about. What it was about was not working, pausing, stopping, not working seven days a week. Okay? And we kind of know that if you work all the time. I mean, even... Hardcore factories don't work everybody seven days a week. I just read about the book about Andrew Carnegie and the steel industry, and he worked guys 12 hours a day for six days. About killed them. But even he didn't work them seven days a week. He knew they needed to catch their breath a little bit. Then one of his managers came up with the idea of an eight-hour day and went to three shifts and took two shifts and got a lot more productivity out of them because 12 hours is too long to work six days a week. So, so we know there's a human part to this, and that's what Jesus told us. The Sabbath was, or the Sabbath was made for man. Makes life better. Okay? Uh, that was the way he intended 
things to be, things to work. Uh, work, when you think about it, is part of the curse. You know, Adam and Eve, what was their deal? They were supposed to tend the garden, and that must not have been too hard, because they had time to walk and talk with God and things like that. So I assume they enjoyed themselves. It was paradise. You know, I mean, it was like the Garden of Eden, if you want to put it that way. <laughs> they enjoyed themselves, and then work came into the picture. And so God said, all right, told the Israelites, get your work done in six days, then take the seventh one and rest. Okay. If we get nothing else out of this thinking, I think maybe there's a message there that man needs a weekly time of rest. Now, once you say that, then you've got to say, well, now what's that mean? And you put your Pharisee hat on and start trying to figure out what's work and what's not work. Yeah. Some people love their work so much that they, they want to do it seven days a week. Yeah. Some people have things they enjoy that to the rest of us we think, man, that looks like hard work. But they love it. it it's their relaxation. Yeah. I enjoy working out in the yard, mowing the grass and weed eating and doing things like that. Yeah. Old neighbor drove past one time and stopped to meet me when I'd first moved out there. I don't know how old he was. He looked like he was about 100. And I explained to him why we'd moved out there and all that. And I told him I, I like working out in the yard. And it, I think it'll keep me young and healthy, maybe. Uh, but I enjoy it. This is fun to get out here and weed eat and all that. He looked at me and he said, you'll get over that, Sonny. <laughs> He's probably right. <laughs> but uh, my point is, work, it, it, you know, it's kind of a personal definition. And if you go back to the principle, you just look at the basics of what that commandment's about, is get your work done, which you have to do because Adam and Eve messed up. Get that work done in six days and stop, rest, pause. Now, some people pause and stop and rest a whole lot more than just one day, but that's kind of the minimum, maybe. Now, if it's good for us, if that's what God came up with it for, then maybe it has something to do for us. Maybe we ought to think about it. Okay? Now, workaholics, they, they loved this morning's sermon, but being told they got to sit still for 24 hours would, would drive them nuts. Okay? So I'm, I'm not telling workaholics they got to sit perfectly still for 24 hours and do nothing. But I would like workaholics to think about, what if I did take a day? Maybe I can only start with part of a day. But what if I started with part of a day a week? And maybe worked my way up to a whole day. What would I do on a day that was supposed to be a rest, a stop, a pause, a Sabbath? And I'm not, I'm not going to tell you what it is. I'd, I'd like you to think about it when you go home. Make a list. What could you do if you really took some time off from 
work, to do something that you enjoyed. Uh, play with family maybe a little bit more than you do. And some people are real good at that already. Uh, maybe we could have more hospitality. Have people over to the house. Share some time with Christians. The Bible does talk about hospitality. Um, maybe you get to know your neighbors. Maybe you could pray a little more. Maybe you could read and study some. Uh, maybe you just sit and think. You know, I don't know what God wants us to do on the seventh day. I don't know if he's got anything restricted for us. But I think since he made it holy, there's something in there we ought to think about. We ought to take some time and take a Sabbath, take a rest. After I worked through all this and thought about the things I'd tell you, I think from now on I'm going to answer Sabbath questions differently on the program. When people ask why don't we keep the Sabbath, I think I'll say something like this. I think we ought to keep a Sabbath, but not the Sabbath. I think we ought to take a rest. And that's hard. You know, I'm not saying I do it well. I'm just saying if God intended it for man and good for man and it was made for man, maybe there's something I could do better there. So I think I'll work harder at keeping a Sabbath, but not the Sabbath. Okay, the lesson is yours. I hope it's been helpful in some ways. We're going to stand and sing a song of invitation. If anybody's got a need tonight, come down to the front. I'll be down here. Brother Brandt, if you'd lead us in this song, let's stand and sing.